make sure you like, subscribe, and hit that bell icon. Hello, and welcome to Let's Sip and Talk with Freema. Um, today, I'm in my car, you guys. We're doing it kind of early today. This is part three with Banky Pound, the life after prison. So, Banky, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing wonderful, blessed, and uh, glad to be here. Me too. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on not once, twice, but three times. I really appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. So, Banky, um, first part, we talked about, you know, your childhood, and, and we actually, I actually learned a lot from you on that segment. Second, we were talking about prison life. Again, I learned a lot. I was kind of taken back with some of the things I learned from you yesterday. So, today, Banky is out of prison, doing good, looking good. Tell us how that feels for you. Oh, it's magnificent. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Um, I feel blessed. I feel humbled every day, you know, just to be out here. You know, these are days I dreamed about for, you know, many, 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 many nights, many, many days. Yeah. And, um, you know, to finally have it happen, you know, it's surreal. I mean, it's still surreal to this day. Sometimes I wake up and, you know, open my eyes and still be in shock, you know, that I don't see bars or her keys or you know, officers coming and telling me, you know, it's time to get up, do this, you know. So it's it's a beautiful thing. I, I can't complain at all. So how long has it actually been that you have been out of prison? Um, next month, March will be uh, two years. Uh, March 16th or 17th will be two years. So I'm, I'm pulling up on two years. So uh, all right. feeling so good, feeling good. <laughs> I bet it does. And for the ones that may just be tuning in, may have missed part one and part two, Banky Pound um, was in prison for 33 years. Um, now he's out. Like he said, March coming will be two years that he has been out of prison. He's been doing great things, giving knowledge back to not only our youth, but our adults as well, because some of us need it and some of us learn a lot um, from Banky. So, Banky, let me ask you. I want to dive right into this question because I've been dying to ask you the outrage of social media like how did you end up getting so acclimated with youtube because you you're really really great on youtube have a lot of subscribers so how was that transition uh with the whole social media thing oh um well it's uh at times overwhelming you know but you know i i put it all in perspective i say you know no, no matter how overwhelming it gets i look at it like all the days and the years and the nights, you know, that I spent where, you know, it won't nothing going on. You know, right. you, you was just in there just being bored, nothing to do, wishing you had these type of opportunities. So to come out of here and to get on YouTube and to be able to do interviews or whatever, you know, nice people like yourself and to meet new people. Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, and like I say, I, I ain't no, uh, uh, guru in this uh, technology stuff. You know, I say shout out to Hollywood Trail. That's my son. He does most of the technical work on everything that I do. I'm just, uh, you know, make the content. You know, all of that stuff is in my head. So that part is easy for me. But as far as the te technological part, I don't know nothing. I don't know what's going on. I'm learning every day. I'm trying to learn, you know, uh, get acclimated with, with, you know, what's going on because this is a big part of my life now. 
You know, right, this is something that I didn't expect. But like I say, when God got a plan for you, you got to go with his plan, not your plan. You're so, right you know, about that. I feel like this is a vehicle to, you know, educate a lot of people, especially the young people, man, about, you know, the, the, um, the, the pitfalls of, of putting yourself at risk out here, taking chances out here. And, you know, your life is, is, is precious, man. It's priceless. You only got one life. You know, Absolutely. and when you start giving away parts of your life, you know, by making bad decisions, then that's something that you can't get back. You know, it's something that you can't get back at all. And I want to stress that to everyone listening, old or young, you know, time is the most valuable commodity that we have on earth. The most valuable commodity that we have on earth. Absolutely. You know, I, I used to ask a lot of young dudes in there, when I started talking to them and trying to mentor younger dudes that was coming in prison, I used to ask them, you know, what's the most important thing in your life? And you would always get almost, you know, verbatim the same answers. You know, my kids, my mother, my father, my parents. And I would always tell them that if you take time out of that equation, then what is the most important thing in your life? Because without time, they're not even in your life. When, when time is over, everything ceases to exist. When you run out of time, it's, it's over. Life is over, you know? Right. So you have to spend your time more wisely than you spend your money. People Absolutely. put more value on their money than they money do on their time. You see what I'm saying? But your yeah. time is more valuable than your money. You know, yeah. money can't make you time. Money can't buy you time. You see what I'm saying? But time can make you money. Yep, and you can't so get your you time back it, either. Yes, you can't get it back. Once it's gone, it's gone. You have to put that in perspective. You know, time is the most important ingredient in life. If you're building life and you take time out of life, you can't even build life. Right. You see what I'm saying? So when you're sitting in prison and you're giving away all of this time that you don't even know how much you have left, then you know, life is, is, is right there. It's being mistreated. It's being underestimated. It's being devalued. You have to understand that everything you do has to be with a purpose because we don't know how much time we have on this earth. So once I learned that philosophy in my head, when I got out here, I understood that, you know, I can't waste time. I can't. I've given away too much. I've given away too much, you know, so... I live every day and they always say, well, how you did 33 years and you smile all the time? I smile because I, I, I did it. And now I'm out here and I'm trying to live. I'm trying to be happy. I'm trying to be with my family, my kids, my grandkids. And I'm trying to live a, a quality life. And, you know, whatever comes with that, whatever obstacles, whatever uh, uh, bad times, I take it all in stride because I know I've seen worse. Right, you know? right. So I know last night Chaos had a question about you transitioning from prison life to society. Did you have to do a program or something that helped you with that transition? How was that? Yes, yes. I went into, um, they came up with a program called reentry. At one point mm-hmm. in time when you got out of prison, if you made parole, you probably would, you know, you know, get your paperwork and everything done and you might be out probably with less than two or three weeks. But people was getting out after they had did a lot of time, 15, 20, 30, 40 years or whatever it was. And they had been so removed from society that they was coming out here ill-equipped to deal with what was going on out here because they were so far back in time. 
So they came up with a program called reentry, whereas so when you made parole, then you have to go to this program, which was a five-month program. You had to complete all of these courses. You know, they teach you how to fill out applications, okay. um, get you somewhat acclimated with computers, uh, get you somewhat ac acclimated in how to come out here and catch up with what, you know, the things that you've missed, the things that you've been removed from. So, you know, we did a lot of that in there, socializing, talking, um, being able to, to to deal with people and being able to put your uh, uh, attitudes and your, you know, frustrations aside to understand right. that, you know, you're not going to be in prison. You're going to be out here in the real world where people deal with things different than they do on the inside. So the program to me was, um, it was instrumental. You know, when I first went in there, I was, you know, uh, you know, uh, skeptical like everybody else. Cause I'm like, right. man, I remember when you made parole, you went straight home, but now we got to take these classes. And when you finally do make parole, especially after being locked up as long as I have, only thing you want to do is get home because now right. you know you, you actually going home. So I was a little, you know, uh, skeptical about it at first, but once I got in there, and I seen that the program can actually be beneficial to you, can actually help you, you know, in your transition and coming out here. You know, I, I just took to it and bought into it. And uh, I think it helped me a lot, you know, even with what I'm doing now. Like yeah. I say, God has a plan for you that you don't even know. I never thought that I would be speaking to people, but I had to actually start speaking to people when I was in the program because, you know, it was structured as such where they had a panel board and, People got up every day. We had to get up twice a day. As a matter of fact, we call them AMD meetings and PMD meetings where we had mm -hmm. to have everybody there in a group session. And we talked about different scenarios, different different uh, things that we might come encounter with when we get on the street. And um, I actually had became the senior coordinator. So I actually had to, you know, speak to the entire uh, class every day, twice a day. That was something that I never did before. But like I say, you never know what you can do until you do it. Right. So, you know, so once I started doing that, you know, it became natural to me. It didn't even bother me at all, which was what I didn't know was when I got out of here, that this was what I would actually be doing. So, you know, it, it was it was it instrumental to me. Yeah, it was instrumental to me. That's good. Now, I know also last night we had another question um, from Miss Chrissy Buss, and thank you so much for coming on, Chrissy. Um, she wants to know what your favorite food is now that you're out. What is your favorite food? Or do you just yeah. eat up everything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I first got out, I was eating everything because, you know what I'm saying, we didn't have quality food in there. So I was eating everything, man. So uh, I tried it all. The first thing I tried when I got out was... Uh, um, 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 Chick Fil A, and I, I don't. How you like it? That. You I don't? It. I oh, don't. I you know. <laughs> I'm saying I don't recommend it for anybody coming straight out because it will become an addiction. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, yeah, I've been eating it ever since. I love Chick Fil A. Um, yeah. um, I would have to say though, since I've been out, my favorite food would probably be shrimp. I I love shrimp. Fried shrimp, any kind of shrimp was, was is just delicious to me, you know. And um, I would have to say, before I went in, my favorite food was pizza, you know. Okay. But once you're on the inside and you eat, you know, pizza or whatever they may have, every now and then they might have had pizza, but it wasn't pizza like we, you know, knew from out here. Right. So, you know, it just, 
mentally turns you off from those type of foods because of the name alone now you, you're used to it tasting a certain way because this is the way i'm used to it tasting so i didn't really like it as much when i got out here and um i just started eating different food and i like shrimp and i ate the favorite the most favorite thing that i ate since i've been out here though was i ate some fish called uh grouper blacking and okay man, i heard that man that stuff was delicious man it was delicious so you know <laughs> Fish and shrimp would be my favorite. Okay, okay. And yeah, yeah shout out to Chick-fil-A. Look, I got my little Chick-fil-A yeah, cup man. here now with some tea in it. But <laughs> I love Chick-fil-A as well. Chick-fil-A mean, man. They mean with it. Yes, yes, yes. So um, when you started your YouTube, did you expect it to, like, take off like it did? Um, and how did that feel for you? Um, to have I all this no, support. I had no... Uh, real expectations of it at all i i did not i just knew that I, I i said i was gonna do it my son encouraged me to do it i said i was gonna do it and see and hope and pray that it reached mm -hmm. some people especially some young people so when it started rising and rising to me i'm like uh i always shoot for the stars man so mm -hmm. i was like well i got 10 10 000 or fifteen thousand, but i was looking and comparing myself to other people where hundred hundred thousand two hundred and fifty thousand a million so i always felt like well i ain't doing enough you know i can mm -hmm. do more i can reach more people i had to put out more content but my son put it in perspective for me he was letting me know he was like man you know even to this day he was like you got fifty one thousand he said you got people who've been on here for years yeah. who don't have that many people but i always feel like i'm, I'm not going to get complacent i want to just i wanted to get bigger because i wanted to reach more people i figured the bigger it get the more people it reach the more people it reach the more people that we can impact and probably change their position or change their trajectory in life so i just wanted to keep growing man but just to receive all that love and to receive all the you know the comments i read all the comments you know all of my son told me he said Man, usually when people get about five thousand, they don't really read the com comments or, or you know, answer the comments right. and stuff like that because they have so much to do. I answer all mine to this day as many yeah. as I can because I feel like if they take their time out there, they uh -huh. make a comment. I can take some time out to try to respond to them and let them know that I appreciate it. So, uh, shout out to uh, TBP, man. They be holding me down and I appreciate yes, it so I much. So much. I can tell. Much respect. Uh, K, I said, besides the internet and social media, what was the biggest culture shock to you? Just the speed of, of uh, how people move out here because in there, everything is slow. Everything mm -hmm. is, you know, compact. You you know what you're going to deal with every day. Almost every day is going to be the same. You know, same thing every day and you just hope don't nothing crazy, crazy happen. But right, out right. here, especially like when I first went into Walmart, just to see all these people moving around and coming all around. And you're not used to that because on the inside, when that's happening, usually something bad is getting ready to happen. Yeah. You know, so that was probably the, the most major thing. And then out here, like I say, everything costs. Everything costs, you know. Yeah. And there, you know, you can take uh, $100 and stretch it for two months, you know. Mm. Out here, $100 might use it for 10 minutes and you know what right. I'm it's gone. <laughs> so you know yeah. yeah that's that that that's probably the biggest thing but far as like 
you know, people always say, well, when you come out and you've been gone for so long, it'd be so difficult. I used to hear dudes coming back and forth to prison, back and forth to prison. Mm-hmm. Talking about, man, it's hard out there. It's hard out there. I'm like, man, it's, it's hard in here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's hard in here. Out here, I, I put it all in perspective and say, you know, no matter how hard it gets out here, I know what it's like on the inside. So right. I don't let myself get too down. I don't let myself get too high. I try to stay right in the middle. Whatever comes, I will adapt, cope, and, and, and adjust to whatever the situation is. So just to be out here every day is a blessing to me. Absolutely. It's a blessing to me. I can't complain. The worst day out here does not compare to my best day on the inside. Yeah. So I, I put it in that perspective. So I just keep pushing every day. So what are your thoughts with this whole, Just I just want to know how you feel about it, with this whole COVID pandemic? What's going oh, on, the whole quarantine that, you know, yeah. I think you probably what just were getting out maybe or, or something along those lines. Yeah, and all I, was, I, was, I was right in the middle of it. And, you know, one of the funniest things somebody said to me when I first came out, it was like, um, man, you came out in the COVID, man. You picked the wrong time to come out. <laughs> I'm like, brother. I've been locked up for 33 years. I right. came out here in the Ebola virus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would I would have came out here in Vietnam, you know. So, right. yeah, you know, but I think maybe like a week after I got out, they were starting to wear the masks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it didn't really affect me the way it affected other people because people who had already been out here, you know, they was not used to, you know, dealing with something like that. From where I came from, just being out here, that was just a minor adjustment for me. Okay, now I'm in the free world, but I gotta wear a mask. Right. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was okay with me. You know, I did end up catching COVID. I caught it. You know, oh. um, I quarantined for probably like 14 days. I had maybe like four days that it was really bad. I was, you know, you know, weak body wise. You know, didn't have an appetite. I never lost my taste or smell or nothing mm-hmm. like that. But I came through it, you know, God, God bless. I came through it. Um, I recently just got over uh, the flu. I had the flu. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had the flu for like, man, almost a month or something, you know, gave me a little nagging cough or whatever and a little fever every now and then, but I got through that, God bless. So, you know, things like that, it didn't really affect me as much as it affected other people's lives because right. other people had their life in perspective, what they was doing every day how they was moving, where they had to go, mm-hmm. and this affected them. And I understood that because they had been out here their whole life, and it, it interrupted their life. But for me, coming out here, just jumping straight into it, everything out here was new to me. So everything out here was a blessing, and that's the way I look at it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Where do you see yourself? Um, I know you have your, your Super Bowl um meal coming up for Sunday, yeah. but what, what are your future endeavors? What what do you have in mind um, aside from everything that you're doing now? I mean, you know, uh, in a perfect world, I, I would, you know, hope that one day I could get myself uh, financially stable enough to mm-hmm. um, maybe open up a gym, you know, okay. because I'm big on boxing, and I would like to open up a gym, especially you know, for the young kids, man, to try mm-hmm. to give them some type of structure to pull them away from the gangs, pull them away from the street life, you know, the violence out here, because the violence out here is still real, you know, and these young kids are misinformed, 
they don't have the proper proper information to right. be able to do what they need to do and understand the consequences if they don't do what they need to do. So right. I would like to open up a gym and you know teach these dudes how to box, but at the same time, I would like to be financially able enough to say, well, you can come to this gym and learn how to box, but the price of you coming to this gym is not monetary. You know, it's that you have to also take these life lessons that I got to yeah. give you too. You have to be doing good at home. You have to be listening to your parents. You have to be going to school. You have to be staying away from gangs and drugs and all this yeah. violence. And in turn for that, I'm going to give you a, a skill that you can use for the rest of your life. And I'm going to mm -hmm. give you some life lessons to take along with you. So that's what I would like to do. If I could get in that position, that would be, um, you know, awesome for me. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. From from when you were uh, 16, 13, you know, at a young age, and then seeing children now that you're out, can you tell there's like a big difference in how our children are these days and times, you know, what we're doing that's so different than when we were younger? Have you noticed yeah, the difference? When I, when I was coming up, you know, if you had a problem with someone, this is what you use, you know. But nowadays, man, these kids, I'm sorry. They, yeah, they, they carry guns, they shooting, you know, and I don't even, I don't advocate just fighting, you know what I'm saying? Because I always fear that you can probably, you know, solve your, your uh, situations without resorting to that type of violence. But if you, if you can't solve it, if you have to solve it that way, at least you walk away from that. You know, you walk away from that. When you pick up a gun and you shoot somebody over a dispute, over some words, over a misunderstanding, you can't come back from that. You know, you can't. And that's what I see the change in from when I grew up to right now. These kids these days, they quit to grab a gun. They want to shoot you because you stepped on their shoes. They want to shoot you because you said something that's disrespectful to them. So, that right there has to be changed in the home. That has to be changed in our community service. We have to talk to them and let them know that this is not the way to go because a mistake like that or a move like that can alter your whole life, yeah. you know, and it's going to alter other people's lives because when you shoot somebody, you got, to, you got to imagine what are you doing to their family? What are you taking away from their family? You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's a yeah. trickle-down effect. And it, and it has great ramifications, man, when you make those type of moves. So we have to start letting these little, little young people out here know that this is not what you got to do out here in this world, man. You got to try to get your life in order. You got to try to have some type of structure where you can have a future. And you're not right. going to have one when you result to violence or you result to taking uh, the law in your own hands. It, it's not going to get you nowhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chaos has a question. She said, what type of advice would you give my friend or anyone of that matter who has spent 20 plus behind the wall? He left a left not away and is currently in reentry at State Farm. So what type hmm. of advice would you give someone that, you know, currently, I guess he's getting ready to get out, get ready yeah. to go into the real world? Yeah, he was. Uh, I was at not away when I made parole. So shout out to him. Um, I went to reentry at Greensville. What I would tell him and what I would suggest you tell him to come out here with an open mind. Mm -hmm. Come out here with optimism. You know, live your life every day when you walk out of that gate 
as if you expect something great to happen, as if you expect something wonderful to happen at any moment. You know, keep keep the negativity out of your mind. Don't listen to what people tell you what you can't do because of where you come from. Don't let nobody tell you what you can't do because of what your past is. Right. Your past is just that. It's your past. You know, I always say a ship sails backwards, never sees the sunset. You know, you got to look forward what you're going to do from that day forward because your life starts over from the day you walk out of the gate, you know, and anything is possible. I didn't know that I would be doing this. I didn't right. know that I would have 51,000 people that would listen to anything that I had to say because mm-hmm. when I was on the inside, I couldn't get 50 people to listen to anything <laughs> that I have to say, you know. So that's the difference. So you have to come out here with optimism. You have to believe in yourself if don't nobody else believe in you. You know, one of the things that I said in my intro was when I was on the other show and um, he asked me a question and I was just saying, you know, I ain't got nothing when I came out here. I don't have nothing there, but I feel like I'm rich in personality and I'm going to yeah. have some. I'm going to do some because I believe in me if don't nobody else believe in me, you know? So that's what I would tell that person to tell him, believe in himself, believe that he can make a difference, believe that he can get his life back on track because you can just the way you got it off track. You can get it on track. On track. You know? Absolutely. Um, Kiana said, um, how did you get into YouTube? Well, I got into YouTube because uh, when I got out, um, my ex-wife, who was a good friend of mine now, she was watching a program and she was telling me that she seen a dude on YouTube that was talking on a show uh, called the After Prison Show. And he was explaining, you know, things that he went through when he was locked up and he had did 31 years. So she had asked me, did I have a see the show or no i didn't know anything about the show so she told me about it i went to look at it when i went to look at it it was actually a dude that i knew i had actually did time with him i knew him you know and i watched him tell his story about things that happened in prison or whatnot and she had said something to the dude who owned the show about that i had been locked up just as long and i knew the dude so he ended up contacting me and wanted to do an interview with me i did the interview with him he wanted to do more. He got good views, you know, probably like 800,000 views. Wow. He, yeah, he wanted to do more. I did a couple of more. And almost everyone I did with him got at least over 500,000 views. And then I started doing my cooking on there, and that got a million views. And um, I was like, oh, okay. So he wanted to keep working with me, and I was, you know, keep. I kept working with him. It was a, it was a mutual, you know, relationship. Right. So then my son was asking me because he shoot music videos. He just told me, man, he said, won't you start your own YouTube? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And he was like, you just, you know, tell your story and I'll handle the technical part. And that's what, you know, that's how I got into it and been doing it ever since. I love it. And that probably helped you and your son build that bond, you yes, know, get that yes, back. Yes, yes. Because when I was, uh, when I went in, he was, uh, when I went in, he was, not even born. He was, mm. you know, uh, his mother was pregnant as I was in the jail going through my trials and uh, whatnot. But yeah. we built a relationship on and off since I was locked up. I used to talk to him over the phone. He came to see me when he was old enough. We was, you know, built a relationship like that. But by us being out here now, we actually work together. Right. You know, even though he's in L.A. and I'm in, in VA, we talk all the time. We, you know, collaborate on these videos. 
and it and it has built a greater bond with me and him, which I love, you know. Oh, that's so good. Um, Chaos said um, he comes home on the 28th. You probably came across him at some point. He left not away in 2021. But like um, you has been on pretty much every institution. Thank you for those words. I appreciate that. Well, tell him I say Godspeed and um, just believe in himself and everything else will come together. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I love that too, stuff. You are rich in personality. I love that. I love your words and the way you put things together, Banky. So, Banky, is there anything that we did not discuss that you would want to put out there that you want to share with us? How do they get, maybe we want some bank, is that say bankology and all that good stuff? How does someone contact you to place orders um, for your 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 um, paraphernalia? Well, I got a um, Team Banky Pound management page on YouTube as well, okay. where my brother runs that page. You can contact him to probably get some merchandise. Um, on my YouTube page, you can order merchandise off of my YouTube page. If you go down to the, um, I guess it's the bio or the about, and um, it will tell you how to order that type of stuff. I'm currently trying to, you know, put out some more uh, paraphernalia, some more uh, merchandise, you know, but, um, you know, learning all of that stuff is right, right, right. But, yes, you can definitely order some of this stuff. And I have, you know, my gift bags or whatnot that I send the people to my uh my followers and uh shout out to all my members, you know, membership on my uh Banky Pound YouTube page. Um I'm working on that uh merchandise stuff, but you can also contact me on my YouTube page or contact me on Instagram if you're trying to get any of this bankology, if you're trying to get any of this merchandise that uh we have okay. over here. And then we would reach out to you the same way if we wanted you to hire you on for speaking engagements and things of Absolutely. that sort. Absolutely, you can reach out through the team banking panel management page. Um, I'm definitely uh, trying to get some more speaking engagements. I've spoke okay. at uh, you know Elizabeth City State University. Uh, shout out to uh, Coach Walker out there who had me out there. I'm working on some other colleges I'm trying to get into. I'm willing to come into any type of high schools where y'all feel like, you know, the kids need to be, I think all kids need to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Yes, you know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm open for all of that. And uh, anybody who has any of that type of uh, offers or information, they can contact me through the Team Banking Pound Management page or just hit me straight up in the IG or Messenger. But um, anything that's for the youth, anything that's trying to encourage them, uplift them, get them some type of, you know, guidelines, and let them know the, the real life, you know, right. the real life ramifications if you get off track out here. The worst thing I would, I, the, 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 the thing that I want to prevent the most is these young dudes out here forfeiting their life, man. Don't forfeit yeah, your no. life. If you out here on the street, you are actually winning. No matter what your circumstances are, you are actually winning because you have your freedom. And you can change your circumstances, no matter how bad they get. You have the opportunity each and every day to wake up and change your circumstances. You are not afforded that opportunity in prison. You are not. Until they open them doors, you will be living under rules and regulations. You can better yourself. You can take it upon yourself to try to educate yourself, to try right. to be productive, to try to be proactive, to take programs, You know, to do whatever you have to do to better yourself. But you're not going to be able to change your circumstances while you are incarcerated until these people open that door. 
And mm-hmm. then to get to that door opening, you that is not guaranteed. That's not guaranteed mm-hmm. because stuff goes down in there every day. People lose their lives in there. People lose their mind in there under the pressure, under the stress. So you are actually winning if you have your freedom right now. Do right. not forfeit that for anything. Mm, absolutely. And you know, it's so crazy. I normally ask um, the guests that I bring on, what would you tell like the little banky pounds, you know, when you were younger and you just did that? I didn't even have the eggs. <laughs> you rock. You rock. Yes, Kiana yes. said, um, do you have any big YouTuber collabs coming soon? I'm working on some. I'm working on some. I'm definitely going to um, try to do some more things. I, 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 I Shout out to Jay Williams, Let's Live Life. Me and him has, uh, we, we're talking about a collaboration in 2022. I'm definitely going to get back with uh, 16 in life. Shout out to him. Um, I'm working on some 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 collaborations. I recently talked to uh, Charleston White, you know, so uh, I don't know if we're going to do something or not. He said we are. We're going to wait and see. Um, I've been in talks with uh, Nino Brown. Shout out to Nino Brown. A lot of different people have reached out to me you know, to try to do uh, some type of collaborations. Anybody that has a positive platform, anybody that has a platform that's trying to educate the youth, that's trying to put them on the right track, I'm open for any type of collaboration like that. Any type of speaking engagements, anything that's going to be proactive to talking directly to the young people out here, I'm trying to do it. Absolutely. And we appreciate you for that. We really do. And I know I'm speaking for everyone, but I'm pretty sure they will agree. We thank you for what you're doing. Um, I can't wait to see what you have stored for us in the future. I know it's going to be great things. I wish you, wish you all the success in every single thing. Um, Chaos said, Jay Williams is a good dude. Um, Charleston White is negative. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and Keith Wilson said, UK in the house. All right. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Banky Pound, I know it's kind of got you up and moving early in the day, and I know you have a lot going on this afternoon. You enjoy yourself today. I thank you again for coming on and taking that time out to come on Let's Tip and Talk with Freema. Viewers, thank you all. I appreciate y'all so much. Banky, thanks for sharing them with me. And as we always say on Let's Tip and Talk with Freema, Peace and love. Peace and love. Shout out TBP. Shout out Alan Williams. Shout out Prince, the Investor Show. Shout out everybody out there who support Let's Sip and Talk. Freema, I hope you'll have me back again. I appreciate your hospitality. I appreciate the platform. Everybody out there, y'all be safe, be smart, make good decisions. Appreciate you. Peace.